is, as they would say and have been saying for years, the reason for the season. Amen. And um, we here at Family Life Church or Mount Clear Church of Christ, for those of you that know us by, um, by that, really, uh, some of our language and narrative is always around family. And so for this evening, I, I've asked my wife to, to share something with us, but we wanted to do it a little bit different. So I'm going to sit up here with her so that I can heckle along the way um, and maybe add some value, I don't know, but we may even ask some questions of you, you know, because for us... Church is about doing life together as a family, um, even when we disagree on things, even if you barrack for Collingwood, um, stuff like that. So we've learned to forgive a lot of people and we've shown a lot of grace, but what we are is, is a family that is in what we call oneness. You know, um, Jesus speaks to his father in John 17 and he says, Father, you know, may they be one as we are one. He's talking about a unity. And so for us, when we're talking about church life, we talk about doing life together, unity together doesn't mean we're all the same. doesn't mean we have the same tastes. doesn't mean that we necessarily believe all the same things. But what it does mean that we're in oneness and because of our relationship and connection with Jesus that we can learn to love each other even when we disagree. Amen? So I'm going to get my bits and pieces and my water and then I'm going to hand it over to my wife to lead the way. Hello. Merry Christmas, everyone. So good. Oh, thank you so much, Tiana. Is everyone having a good Christmas Eve? Yes? It's so good to see all your beautiful faces. It's just, it's so good to just be here together celebrating the birth of Jesus, yeah? I love Christmas. Who loves Christmas? Yeah, I love Christmas so much. It's such a special time. That's right. It's not just about the presents, is it? Fabulous. You've got it all sorted, Tiana. <laughs> and that's our message for tonight. So good night. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> so I know what I love about Christmas, but I actually would love to know what some of the kids love about Christmas. So if you run up here really quickly and tell me one thing that you love about Christmas, I might have some treats here. So who's that going to inspire? Be really brave. Run up, Tiana. One thing you love about Christmas. Celebrating, celebrating Jesus' birthday. Beautiful. You can have a lollipop. Who else? What do you love about Christmas, boys? Celebrating the story of Jesus' birth. Love it. What do you love about Christmas? Um, the birth of Jesus. Beautiful. Take a lollipop. What do you love about Christmas, Ruby? Uh, a story. Fabulous. There's no right or wrong answers here. You can love whatever you want to love about Christmas. <laughs> what do you love about Christmas? Santa coming. Santa. Cool. It's awesome. Great. Love Santa. He's a good one. He's a keeper. So who else? What do you love about Christmas? Spending, spending time with family. Oh, oh, come I on. love that too. Would you like a lollipop? What do you love about Christmas? Spending time with the family too. Yeah, I love spending time with family too. Well done. All right, who else? What do you love about Christmas, Austin? I love spending time with my family. Uh, high five. Good stuff. Cooper, what do you love about Christmas? 
King Crescent Sun's at the tree. Uh, yeah. You can definitely have the lollipop. I love saying presents under the tree too. Yeah, that's, that's where Good I'm Good stuff. Austin, do you want to come and tell me what you love about Christmas? Yeah, you can have a lollipop for that. That was great. Emmy, you want to catch it for him? Oh. <laughs> All right. So I love Christmas. Almost, I love everything about Christmas. I love gifts. I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. My gift better I be good. It better be good, Andrew. There's a My lot of pressure. I'm really big on gifts. So I love spending time with family. I love eating way too much food. I love that you can have like four different desserts because I am such pavlova, a sweet Pavlova, Pavlova, Pavlova and Pavlova. <laughs> so I love that, you know, when you go to a friend's place for dinner or out for dinner, you get one dessert, but on Christmas, there's a selection. Amen. It's like a lot of, so you can have a piece of chocolate cake, you can have a piece of pav, we have like a caramel tart. I think we've got a lemon meringue pie coming that was requested by Nathan. So we have a whole lot of desserts. Oh, and I was supposed to make Rocky Road. Just realised I forgot to do that. I might remember tonight. So I stopped eating about 10 minutes ago to make room. <laughs> anyway. So, but when I actually take the time to think about Christmas and when I actually just sit and be still and meditate on the reason that we actually celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the thing that kind of fills my heart is just this sense of hope. And the more I think about the birth of Jesus, yep. the more I think about the gift that he is to us, it's like this hope just kind of rises up and bubbles over within me. And I find myself just finding so much hope because of the gift that he is to us. <laughs> so I want to say tonight, yeah. are you interrupting me already? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, we could be here for so long. If you have dinner plans... <laughs> Because I'm supposed to be talking and Andrew's supposed to be sharing a very but you're minimal... But you're talking about hope. So hope, yes. Because um, I know the new Spider-Man's out, you know, um, No Way Home. <laughs> so no spoilers. So I've been catching up on some of the old Spidey movies and I was watching and only just because I read, I read probably a few hours ago what Mel was going to share tonight and I'd only just watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with um, Andrew Garfield. Probably yesterday, I finished it yesterday. And there's a scene in it when, where the, the, the particular character, Gwen Stacy's giving her valor, you know, whatever it's called, Valedictorian speech. That's speech. the one, speech, you know, because they're graduating. But part of the speech, she says, and now they use this through the movie for Spider-Man because he inspires hope because he helps people, he, you know, he... I guess, saves people. But even from young children, they're inspired by him and they receive hope. But Gwen Stacy says this. She says, It's easy to feel hopeful on a beautiful day like today. But there will be dark days ahead of us too. There will be days where you feel all alone. And that's when hope is needed most. Now, I don't know about you. So far, I'm thinking this, this is a speech for church about Jesus, yeah. right? Then she goes, no matter how buried it gets, the hope within us. Because if for any of us that have walked with Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, the reality is that we're not always on the mountaintops. Life isn't always easy. Sometimes it's really tough. And sometimes we're clinging on to our faith. And it's probably why I, I like her speech 
and um, I really should set the timer on this tablet. And she finishes with, no matter how buried it gets or how lost you feel, you must promise me that you will hold on to hope, keep hope alive. I just think it's brilliant for where you're going. <laughs> right. Really good. So I guess, you know, my, my heart tonight is to say there's hope. There's a whole lot of hope. So if you're depressed, there's hope. If you're feeling lonely, there's hope. If your relationship doesn't look the way you want it to look, there's hope. Come on. If you have these amazing dreams and plans and purposes for the future, there's hope. Yeah? Um, if you're struggling in life, if your future seems uncertain and you're just not quite sure how it's all going to work out, there is hope. If you're worried about your kids, there's hope. <laughs> yeah? There's always hope in Jesus' name. So Matthew 12, 21 says, And his name, Jesus, will be the hope of all the world. That's pretty huge, isn't it? The hope of all the world. That's like, that's a whole lot of hope. That is just a massive amount of hope. So I want to share with you from Isaiah 9, because that's a scripture that the Lord gave me when it came to celebrating Christmas. And I figure if God gives you a scripture, then it's because he has something to say about it. So he has something to say to every single one of us from Isaiah 9. So Isaiah 9 is a prophetic word and actually speaks about the coming of Jesus before Jesus is actually born. Yeah, And it talks about who he will be to us and what our life can actually be like with the gift of Jesus in our lives. So I'm not going to share all the verses because it's a little bit to read, but I encourage you go home and read all of Isaiah 9. But we will just share a couple of verses, which I think, Andrew, are you going to share that with us? Okay, I'll read that. No worries. Great. I had another thought, so I won't interrupt you then. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So Isaiah 9, verses uh, 1, 2. Um, I'm going to jump through a couple, but nevertheless... There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, I'm jumping to verse 4. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Verse 6, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Yeah, I love Brilliant. it. Wow, such a powerful scripture, isn't it? So I love verse 1 that says, No more gloom for those who are in distress. That's like, that's a pretty extraordinary promise. No more gloom for those who are in distress. So this verse is actually promising us that. No more gloom for those who are in distress. So what it's saying is, if you find yourself in a place of distress, there's actually a way out of that distress with Jesus, yeah? Who's ever felt distressed? (laughs) Well, we put up both there. Who's experienced distress, felt distressed, found themselves in a place of distress? That is kind of life. It happens to the best of us, doesn't it? It's not something that we can really avoid in the circumstance of life. But there's one thing that I want to share. The way that I find my way out of a place of distress 
and into a place of hope is always by turning to Jesus, yeah? yeah? yeah My hope is always found as I just draw near here to him and draw close to him and, and just position myself in his presence and then hope begins to arise and the thing that was distressing me doesn't seem quite as big or as giant or as overwhelming as it did originally and now God seems a whole lot bigger and the thing that was distressing me actually seems a whole lot smaller. So there is a promise, you know, the promise from God is true. No more gloom for those in distress. Verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Some versions even say a radiant light shining upon them. So there's a radiant light that's actually shining upon us. That's a pretty extraordinary light, isn't it? John John 8 verse 12 says, Again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And 1 John 1 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. Wow. Wow. So when you're in darkness, what happens? When it's darkness, what happens? Can you see? Do you know where you're going? Do you, do you always know the way out of the darkness into the light when you're in a dark place? I guess it depends where it is that you find yourself in the dark. But the scripture tells us that Jesus is now our light. We don't have to be uncertain about where we're going in the journey of life or how we're actually going to even get out of the dark place that sometimes we find ourselves in. If we simply turn to Jesus, he'll be our guide. Yeah, he's our light. He's our answer. He's our way out. You know, when we're not sure what direction to head in, head for Jesus, yeah? If you're not sure what your next step is or what your next decision is, head to Jesus. He'll show you. Andrew, how do these scriptures speak to you? I, I'm actually, as you're speaking, I'm thinking sometimes it's not, it's not always as easy as just, you know, setting your pointer to Jesus and walking because I think mm. sometimes life can be really tough, you yeah. know. There are situations, moments of darkness where, where things just rattle us, you know, and they can rattle us. But from the outset, you've been talking about hope and, and this hope being Jesus. And somewhere within us... The, there has to come a reality that if Jesus is our hope in the midst of our lives being turned upside down, if that's the season that we're in, then so we can somehow still cling on to him and believe the word for what it's at. Because I think what so often happens, so many of us say yes and amen to when we read the word and we hear the word shared like you're sharing now. But when we go to live it out, and, and it's a little bit tougher because things aren't as easy, um, as much as we say that's the truth is our hope, mm. we seem to be consumed by the struggle that we're in, you know. Yeah. I, I heard, um, yeah. only today, I saw this little snippet on social media um, by Bill Johnson and he was reading from um, Revelation 13.8. And Revelation 13.8 is really, it, it's an interesting passage because the, new, the newer versions of the Bible, the NLT, the NIV, the ESV, change it around a little bit compared to what the King James and the New King James, the way that it was originally written. Because the original says, and all that dwell upon the earth, I know this is not your message, right? That all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
When you read the King James, it suggests that Jesus' death on the cross happened before the world was even founded, yeah? And it makes no sense, and I guess that's why some of the more modern translations tweak it a little bit. But when we're talking about time and we're talking about eternity, they're not the same thing. Jesus can be crucified at a moment of time, but it's happened for all eternity. And so before the foundations of the world, he was slain. The reason I share that, right, to come back to hope, sorry. The reason I share that to come back to hope is that before there was even a problem, God had a solution, yeah? yeah? So here we are at Christmas and we're looking at this tree that looks lovely and it actually makes you smile and we're talking about hope and Jesus being our hope. That means even before we walk into a, a situation that distresses us, there is already a solution called Jesus. Before we have a difficult time, before we're, we're, we're under duress, there is already hope for us if we'll actually grab hold of it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Love it. Really good. So we're going to look at Isaiah 9, 6 now, just in a little bit more detail. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So if this is who Jesus is, then what do we actually have access to yeah, as on. children of God? Because I read Wonderful Counselor, Amen. Mighty God, yeah. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. That, that, that's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? And you know what? Um, I love wonderful counsellors because I love counsellors. I think they're fantastic. I commend them, you know, because it's a really big job to do. Um, and I highly recommend it. I actually think it's just a healthy practice to have in your life. But are we actually aware that we can get counsel for our lives from the Lord? Yeah, that there is an opportunity to have wisdom from heaven answers, solutions to situations that we're facing, for the Lord to just speak counsel into our lives to bring to pass the plans and purposes that he has for us. Are we truly aware that the greatest counsel we could ever receive is from the Lord, yeah? So one of the names that God is known by, and I really love this, is Jehovah Ra. 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 <laughs> it's kind of like raw, isn't Rah. it? But it's Ra. So Jehovah Ra is actually one of the names that God is known by. And it means that God's our shepherd because he wants to take care of us. He has our back. His desire is to provide for us, yeah. protect us, come through for us, have solutions for the things that cause us distress. He, he is a shepherd that actually wants to take care of each and every need that we have. He's protecting us from harm. He's intervening in situations. He's a good, good father. So I want to read from Psalm 73, verse 24. It says, with your counsel, you will guide me. Yeah, so God guides us. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So God's a counsellor. That's what he does. He's actually really good at it. Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. 
do we know that God was such a great counsellor? <laughs> that he had skills in that area? That he actually wants to direct all of our steps, teach us, guide us, speak to us, minister to us? So sometimes I feel like in life that, um, that we need to get our Ra on. Yeah? So we're going to have a bit of fun here. Because Jehovah Ra is one of the names that God is known by. And to me, Ra! It almost sounds like a roar, yeah? So sometimes I think we have to remind that, that, that ourselves. That sound like a roar. Oh, can you do can, a good roar? No, I think Samuel, Tiana can, you can do a roar. can come to the drums, please? Can Tiana, you do a roar? can you do a really loud roar? Or come like on. a rah. We need a rah. No, it's we have to <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I think we need to remind ourselves <laughs> at times in life that we have a Jehovah Ra who is for us, with us, not against us. Amen? So, Samuel, can you jump on the drums for a sec? No, I'm asking you to do it. Thank not, you. Not physically jump on them, but if you could sit on the seat behind the drums, that would be great. So, I just want you to go nuts on the drums for about 10 seconds. Play whatever you just want. Just go crazy. I, I can't see him. So I'm going to get you to do that like four or five times. I will tell you when, okay? Is that all should, right? Should he practice? Should he? All right, have a practice. Just go nuts. Have a practice. Should we get Ben? <laughs> no, just go nuts like crazy. Really fast. Pretend you're what, what's animal at Sesame yeah, Street. Yeah, that's it. Beautiful. That's perfect, okay? So when I say you can do that, all right? So when life is difficult and filled with challenges, we actually need to be raring. Andrew, can you do the rah? Rah. 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 Like rah over stuff in life, okay? When we are facing things <laughs> that, um, that threaten to overwhelm us or rob us of our peace, we actually need to let Jehovah Ra bring some victory to our lives. Yeah. We need to remind ourselves of who our God is and what he can actually do. We need to get up and fight for the things that the Lord has promised us and, this, and who he actually is. So are you ready, Samuel? If you're struggling to know which direction to head in life... Rawr! Yeah! <laughs> Rawr! He's the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, yeah? He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're lost, get your rah on. If your heart is hurting and you're wounded, rah! He heals the brokenhearted, yeah? He doesn't leave us broken. He doesn't leave us hurting. He heals the brokenhearted. We have to get our rah on. We need some really good rise. So, Samuel, if you're distressed and upset, rah! <laughs> He's the Lord, my peace. I am a child of God and I am entitled to peace, yeah? I am not created to live in distress or to stay distressed. Come on. He is the Lord, my peace. I'm getting my rah on, yeah? All right, so if you're afraid, Samuel, you're not done. Hey, 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 come Don't on. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we got more pictures Are you ready, yet. Samuel? Are you ready? So if you're afraid and fearful, 
A bit more. A bit more drama. Yeah, come on. <laughs> He's the Lord, your shepherd. He's got your back. He's for you. He is with you. We have to get our rah on people, okay? Apologies for those that don't know what I'm doing because as Samuel was doing that, I kept thinking of Animal from Sesame Street. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah, we should have had his voice for the rah. All right, last one, Samuel. You've done such a great job. So if you're worried or stressed or concerned about finances... Rah! Come on, he's the Lord who provides, yeah? He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. We need to remind ourselves. Great job, Samuel. Sometimes we have to get our rah on and remind ourselves of who our God is, yeah? yeah. We, you are not defeated. You are not conquered. Jehovah Ra is with you and for you. Amen. Who, who's ever had a really good, whether you call it a rah session, but who's ever had a really good, not just a good sob, but a, a yell at God, rah like God, it's, ah, my life's falling apart. Who's ever had one of those moments? Yeah? Like seriously, if you haven't, come and see me. I'll, 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 we'll make sure you have one before you leave today. Um, but I, I think, Mel, sometimes that with that, I, and I, I really, I love the picture of the tree because we're, we're here to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I, I do think that gives us a focal point that even if we're stressed because we're hosting Christmas this year, you can look at the tree and it's, it's a raw moment. It's a refocusing moment. It's like, I'm giving it all to you, Jesus. And he's our counselor, but he can't be our counselor if we don't share anything with him. Yeah, so right. particularly... For the men here, yeah, particularly the men here, Western men, we don't share stuff well. If you can't share the brokenness that you and I sometimes experience with Jehovah Ra, with our God, we're never going to be able to sit with a counsellor and work through some of our stuff. If God is truly our hope, sometimes we need to be vulnerable and we need to be able to let out a heart's cry so that he can do what he has to do because he's our hope, Amen. Anyway, just really a thought. Good. Really good. So, Andrew, how do you go to God for help? How do you get your rah on? Tell us <laughs> about your rah. <laughs> Le legitimately for me, it, it, it sounds nuts. I know that everyone, you know, some people love to read, some pray. Um, I, I love to go for long drives. <laughs> but often I find myself in here, in this place, and um, I, I pace and I have worship music on and I'm not necessarily singing. But I, I, I am groaning. I, I groan a lot. It's like, it's like, ah, you know, when, when I have to get my rah on, when I need to break through something, I actually just come to God and lay it all out. And I find that I bore my eyes out. And afterwards, I just feel like a weight, a weight has been taken from me. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's not easy because if, I don't, if I'm not deliberate in doing that, I, I actually don't do that. And sometimes we'll be at home and Mel will know. Are you all right? I go, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, you've snapped it like everyone since you walked in. No, I haven't. You know, and then I'll look at the dog. I'll go, get outside before I kill you. you know, and she goes, see? See? Only the make-believe dog, Melanie's dog, the little small one, the real one I would never speak to like that because Jazz is a real dog. But there are times where she knows and she, she actually says to me, you need to get out. Why don't you just jump in your car and go for a drive? Because she knows that I spend time with God 
And I guess that's how I get my rah on. I don't know about anyone else. You may cook up a storm, but, you know, male or female, 15 or 85 and anywhere in between and over and under, sometimes we need to find a place where we can do that legitimately. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's go to Mighty God because that's a pretty cool one, isn't it? Mighty God. I want to read you a quote. Our God is a mighty God. His power and greatness are far beyond comprehension. He alone is worthy to be praised and adored and we can always trust him. Our God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent, omnipresent and omniscient. Our God is mighty to save. His hand is never too short and nothing is too difficult for him. All things are possible with God. Yeah. So because of the birth of Jesus, all things are possible. Because of the birth of Jesus, God can do anything. So whatever you're facing, God can do anything. Let me say that again. Whatever you're facing, God can do anything. Wherever you found yourself, God can do anything. Amen. Psalm 147.5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Matthew 19.26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I love these promises. Luke 1, 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Because I reckon we often face things in life, don't we? And we go, oh, that's impossible. There can't be a solution for that. There can't be a way out of that. There can't be a way to make that look good. It's just a messy and ugly situation. But then the Lord promises us that anything is possible, that he can do absolutely anything with our lives, which is just extraordinary. That's why we read our Bibles, don't we? So we can actually hear things like this. Because I don't know about you, but that encourages my heart and spirit so much. So, you know, I want to read that every day to remind myself every day that with God, all things are possible. Amen? I was just thinking... With God, all things are possible. Are you going to sing? No. Ah, you looked like there was a music chord. I thought you were going to break out. (laughs) I was going to serenade me for Christmas. I was going to sing What a Mighty God (laughs) We Serve. But who remembers that old hymn, What a Mighty God We Serve, What a Mighty God We Serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. It, again, it, it is putting that tree front and center. It's having a focal point and actually believing the word for what it says. If we only give the word lip service, yeah, we will never experience him as counselor. We will never experience him as you know, the mighty God that he is. We'll never experience the Jehovah Ra if we don't actually grab hold of and believe the word more than just lip service yes and amen does that make any sense yeah it's really good all right so everlasting father i love this one i want to read from second corinthians six eighteen. says i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty so god is not distant or far away god is all about up close and personal you know when he speaks of being a father to us it's because he wants a personal yeah. loving intimate relationship with us and for lots of us you've had great fathers and for some of us we may not have had the greatest fathers but you know what god is about showing us the perfect father yeah the perfect loving father 
So Romans 8.16 says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So I don't know how you're feeling at the moment. If you're feeling great and you're kicking goals, if you're feeling a bit ordinary, if life's been a struggle... But I really sense that the Lord wants to remind us that you're so loved. You are just so loved, so accepted, so valued, so valued, so precious to him, just unconditionally. It's not about getting it right or creating yourself to be in this perfect way. You are completely and unashamedly loved right now. Yeah? Beloved. Because the scripture actually said you are God's beloved child. So beloved actually means dearly loved, a much-loved person, darling, sweetheart, dearest, loved one, someone you love. So for me personally, when I read Everlasting Father, it brings me so much comfort because there will be no, there'll be no goodbyes with God. Mm. Yeah, the Romans actually tells, that, tells us that nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God. Not even death will separate us from the love of God, but we'll actually just be even drawing nearer. And Charles Spurgeon once said, there is no unfathering Christ. I want to say that again. I just love this quote so much. There is no unfathering Christ and there is no unchilding us. He is an everlasting father to those who trust him. And as... uh, As someone who has lost their earthly father, I find so much comfort in the fact that I know my God is not going anywhere. He's around forever and ever and ever. I don't have to mourn his loss. I don't have to, you know, um, have him removed from my life. He is a permanent fixture that will go on and on and on. He doesn't go anywhere. Amen? Amen. How do you relate to God as a father, Andrew? It's a good question. It's not always an easy question to answer, you know. Um, let's see if I can put it into words, please. Um, dang, I didn't see that question on the paperwork. He's always good. Um, that he, as my father, would do anything for me, you know, the... Um, the words of the song, you know, Reckless Love, um, come to mind that he would kick down any wall, that he, you know, climb any mountain, that he would do, um, he, he would destroy every lie, he would do anything uh, for me. Yeah. That when I had ignored him, you know, my testimony for 20 years of my life, when I ignored him, because I claimed to know him, but I didn't know him, when I ignored him for 20 years of my life, the reality of what he did on the cross for me was still real. And he still took me as a, as a broken sinner and made me uh, his son and sat me in heavenly places, you know, uh, where I can talk to him all day, every day. Uh, and he talks to me. Um, so I just relate to him very easily as a, as a father that loves me, you know. Uh, even, <laughs> you know, heaven forbid, even his discipline is good for me at times, you know. Um, and I think he speaks to me the way he needs to speak to me and if he spoke to someone else like that he you may be offended but he's my father and uh, it's how, I guess that's how we relate you know he, yeah. he's good right it's really good love it 
Thank you, kids, for being so patient. We're nearly done. So I just want to share one last character of God, which is the Prince of Peace. It's like breathe. He's the Prince of Peace. Wow. Is life a bit crazy? He's the Prince of Peace. Is life a bit chaotic? He's the Prince of Peace. Are you kind of finding yourself faced by all these challenges? He's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Life can rob us of peace. Who's ever lost their peace? Yeah. It's pretty easy, isn't it? You can be feeling so peaceful and then the kids get home from school and it just turns crazy and I was, you know, that peace, I'm not sure where that went. I can't even find that anymore. Or that that would never happen in my home because Samuel and Nathan are just obviously perfect children, you know. (laughs) So circumstances can rob us of peace. Pain can rob us of peace. You know, disappointment, anger, bitterness can rob us of peace. There are just so many circumstances or challenges in life that can threaten to steal our peace. The good news is, though, we actually don't have to surrender it. We do have a choice. Come on. So I'm so glad that God says he's my peace. Because of Jesus Christ, I can actually keep my eyes on Abba Father and look to him for my peace, not my circumstances, not the things going on in my world, you know, not my struggles. I actually get to keep my eyes on him and he keeps me in perfect peace. Or I can find my peace again. If I lose my peace, it's okay because you can actually find that again, yeah? Even if it's lost, there's always a way back to that place of peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. John 16.33 says... I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace. And Isaiah 53.5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. I'm so glad that scripture doesn't say when everything is going perfect in your life, then you'll have peace. I'm so glad it doesn't say when you have the perfect job or the perfect partner or a whole lot of cash in your bank account or your next holiday destination is just off the charts, then you'll have peace. That's actually not what the scripture says. It just says that he's my peace. Yeah? It just says that he's your peace. It just says that every moment of every day, in any circumstance or situation that you're facing, he's your peace. And he is always available 24-7, every moment of every day. So even when we find ourselves in places of distress, we can always come back quickly to our peace. Yeah? Yeah? Can I just jump in there? Go for it. Because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, you know, and we're talking about him as our hope and that he is our prince of peace and i i love that that prophetic promise from god because sometimes i think we need to unpack things you know we need to flesh things out a little bit and if you think about it we're talking about the birth of a child and we're talking about he comes our prince of peace now for the mothers in the room and the fathers that have been in the room yeah there's not a lot of peace often that happens giving birth when the pain starts to kick in yeah now, if you were really peaceful, praise God, that's, that's 1% of you. You know, generally, yeah, 
with when a, when a baby's being born, yeah, and again, I read a poem today by David Tenson that was talking about this stuff. Just it, It's just um, fitting in really well. And he said, here comes our God, bloody, messy, messy, full of noise. There was animals everywhere. I'm sure there was no midwives. I'm sure there was no epidural. There was no beautiful water bath because they wanted to do it all natural. They were doing it natural, you know. And yet in amongst all of that birthing turmoil, is the eyes and the life of the Prince of Peace. And I think when we're in the midst of stuff like that, we need to be able to capture the eyes of Jesus. We need to be able to see the manger. We need to be reminded by even a Christmas tree that he is our hope regardless of anything else. Yeah, Um, Because it's a promise. God gave us this promise in the midst of noise and mess. You know, and so... Man, that for me, he's saying, I've got your solution before you even step into your problem. You know? Yeah, that's great. So on this Christmas Eve, let's be reminded that he's our hope, yeah? He is our sure thing. He is our sure hope. He is our wonderful counsellor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting Father and he is our Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. We love your family. Have an absolutely extraordinary time celebrating with all your loved ones. You know, remember the birth of Jesus. Remember this gift that we have because we are just blessed beyond belief to walk and talk and share a life with Jesus on a daily basis is just completely Amen. extraordinary. Amen. 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 Now. Oh, one second. Karen wants to say something. Okay. <laughs>